honeypotting and I call it like tripwire architecture, but like, so you have your honeypots as canaries and then canary tokens are like uh, secrets or files, or they've got a whole bunch of different things you can select that if somebody uses it, so it's like an AWS access key um, that you can disguise as a legitimate access key and then just put them everywhere. And then if anyone ever actually uses it, you get an alert. Uh, and so they also have an API. And so you can programmatically generate them and distribute them everywhere, which is awesome because I, I don't know, I really like tripwire architecture because standard detection engineering is really expensive when you're just gathering all the data, right? Uh, and trying to sift through it for signal. But if you can just plant tripwires everywhere in places that an attacker will always go after, then it's a really high confidence, low noise signal you can get. So I don't know, I really like it. And it's like really cheap. I'm sure like we've already captivated our audience with that intro right into like so the details. <laughs> yeah, man, it totally is. Hey guys, here we are. This is the Paramify podcast, Stardate 11-15-2023, Provo, Utah, United States, Planet Earth. Here we are. <laughs> Captain right? Kenny's log. That's right. Captain Kenny. Sergeant? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. For duty. Okay. Anyways, I'm sorry, man. Red cards. I'm so ready, man. Where are we at? Red room. That military time. That's okay. Yeah, I don't know how to do that anyway. <laughs> what is 1300 hours? No, we're not even there. We're it's like 12, 12, it's 1200 hours. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Are you an army brat? No, oh, okay, <laughs> okay, got it, got it. <laughs> we're here today with Josh Pugmire, Bryson Lofmiller, homies, Utah representing <laughs> InfoSec in Utah. Keaton's here too, man. We got Russ on the mic. Well, he's like doing sounding. Yeah. Yeah. He's a guy. What's up, Russ? I'm not on camera, but I'm back here. Yeah. 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 Thanks for being here. Um, yeah, man. We're so pumped to have you guys. And we're, uh, I was just talking about, you know, just so you know, for all of our listeners, there is no agenda. So listen at your own risk. <laughs> But I guarantee you we're going to have some awesome stuff. Like, how did we get to know you? I, I can't remember. When did we first meet? So was that Adobe? It was Adobe for me, yeah. Uh-oh. It was early days Adobe Omniture. Okay, we're at the Omniture building. Yes. Okay, I, I just found an Omniture pick and I posted about it today on LinkedIn. About, like, how many picks that I steal. I steal, I'm kind of like, what, what do they call that? Klefto? Or what, what is it? Yeah, when it comes to like pens and pencils and guitar picks, if you let me borrow it, it's likely going in my pocket and I will just like, no shame, take it. There's got to be a word for it, right? Klepto is like, you go out and you're intentionally stealing stuff. Accidental. I'm accidental kleptomania. Okay, yeah, yeah. It's something under that. Yeah. Because <laughs> I don't want to be a bad person, but I just have so many guitar picks that I steal, but I still end up losing them. They always end up. You know, and like couches and you know where I can always find a guitar pick? I can always find a guitar pick underneath. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In my, uh, underneath my driver's, my driver's seat. Wow. Always. Yeah. I bet you we could find some if we need one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's because you play so much in your car. 
Right. Yeah. Air guitar. Air guitar. For the air guitar. You know, I've kind of been out of it because I had surgery on my hands like um, a year ago today. So I had crazy carpal tunnel and cubital tunnel. So I got a nice gnarly scar right in here. Can't Got a nice scar right there. And I couldn't like feel my hands. So when we were like, I was like coding for Paramify just like hour after hour after hour after hour. And it's really bad code. So it's even more hours. <laughs> Until Tyler is just over there. What are you? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Stop it! You could have just done this in three lines. <laughs> He's, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I got fired yeah. every time ago from from Tavra. <laughs> and so I'd have like six functions, and he's like, "You could have just done this." And it's like three lines. Anyways, that's why. I, but I remember at one point I stopped feeling my left hand. I couldn't feel it, and I'm like, "What's happening? I'm getting old." This is the worst possible thing. Turns out that it's just cute little tunnel. Yeah. And so I was coding with just like one finger at the time. Anyways, I'm just getting back into it, you know, guitar. And yeah. Hopefully it'll get back in there. Anyways, I had found an Omniture pick and it reminded me of Omniture. And here we are talking about Omniture and the Omniture building. Yeah. We had good times there for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I, if you want, I'd share my first experience with Kenny. I'm pretty embarrassed because I don't really remember it that much. <laughs> no, it was, it was really, I think I, like in the old Omniture days, Omniture Adobe, they kind of like, I think they had three different buildings there, the old War Perfect area. Mm -hmm. And one of the ones we were in, we had these high cubicle walls. We broke up the day by going and playing foosball. Usually like half an hour at a time. I don't think our boss knew it, but it was fun. Uh, and that group has stayed tight since then. But I think I'd met you as it, by by way of introduction. And then were you already upstairs at the time? Did you start? I can't even remember where I sat. I feel like I was on the bottom floor. And then... They moved you. I don't Probably. know, man. I was getting tossed we around like a rag. I was really unwelcome because I was like the first security person for uh for like the audit group yes. right they didn't have any security prowess at all right yeah. and so they hired me um yeah. they had like like 0 0.01 level prowess, you know what i mean yeah i think i met you downstairs because we were in the basement mm -hmm. my group was and then you had moved upstairs i believe anyway i'd, I'd met you i kind of knew what you were doing i don't think anyone else in the group playing foosball knew We'd been over playing, and for some reason, you were over in that building too. And when we when we walked out of the building that day after playing, you were in front of us, and one of the guys with us was talking about how he's doing not anything nefarious, but using or having data access that he probably shouldn't have had. Yeah, yeah. No, he said I just use the back door. Like I don't I don't use CAS. <laughs> so I remember what it was. He's like I don't so. I think someone, Todd Harper or somebody, had, or who was it, Dan or something? Dan, someone who's like long left, built this really, really kludgy, uh, it was called CAS, yeah. Central Authentication System. And it was a bunch of scripts. And it was, it was like something I would code, man. <laughs> it was like, and that was what was like authenticating. And I think I remember hearing specifically, I just use a back door. Yeah. I don't use that. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, oh, interesting. And I happened to be like, my first thing was like, hey, let's, because when you're talking about security, there's 
I'm such a nerd, right? But the first thing is like, who has access to this? Who can make changes, right? And like, are you monitoring that? And I'm like, back door. I'm like, you can't do that. And I was, you know, we talked about red cards already, but, and so I just like, I just listened and I was like super, cons- I was not inconspicuous. No, I mean, I, I knew what your role was and I could tell that you were like. <laughs> so embarrassed. <laughs> I'm such were, a dork. Your ears were perking up. You're listening to the whole conversation. What? <laughs> and I think the guy he was saying, it started saying it a little louder because he could tell that <laughs> you'd been tipped off of what he was doing, so. Pretty funny, but that uh, that was one of my early what is, memories. Yeah, of Kenny just trolling me, man. That's so funny. Oh my gosh, what a dork! Bryson, <laughs> how did you meet Kenny? Uh, it was at Adobe. We so, sat right next to each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't even remember when we first met, but all I remember is talking about guitar was the main thing. And uh, I convinced you to get a PRS. Exactly. Yeah. Uh-huh. And you yeah. do not regret that decision, oh, no, do no, you? No, no, no. Yeah, you have no guitar envy ever. No. no you go into right. a guitar center, and they're like, hey, you want to play this? And I go, no, I don't. <laughs> Shut up. I, I did buy a Strat as well. What? Uh, what? <laughs> what? You've changed. <laughs> what? It's for the clean. You know, for when I'm playing clean. Like some funk guitar. Dude, you know? just move the knob on your PRS, man. <laughs> it doesn't. Kenny's about to issue a red card. <laughs> <laughs> Red cards no, for like I love both of them for different. Things. Yeah, yeah. I also have a strat. Okay. Well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah I was just kidding. It's not very good. Yeah. I give it to my son. No, I, I that that PRS. I will like take it to different shops if I need like a little bit of work done on it or whatever. Mm-hmm. And without fail, they will pull it out and they like call people over to. They're like. You got the blue, blue, blue sunburst, right? Uh, it's not even no, it's not a blue sunburst. It's um, aqua blue, which like I don't even know. It's like got a purple edge, and then it, it fades to like turquoise towards the center. It's it's I, I love it. It's really nice. We should have just said both of you bring your guitars. Yeah. Yeah. Just have a jam session. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, like Kenny's about ten times better than I am. So. No, dude. Are you kidding? No, man, oh, you're a man. Like, you're just like, oh yeah, I like fish, like learning eruption. And stuff. <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, that's where you're at. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't play it like Eddie, but it's definitely something that you just kind of get better at uh-huh. until you get cubital tunnel. And then you're like, dude, now I have to like, <laughs> yeah, man, it's like, no, I, I can still do it, and I'm annoying all the kids again. You know, like, <laughs> good, yeah, 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 patient, yeah, dude. Curious with uh, both of you guys. So you guys are both working in cybersecurity now. Um, how did you guys get into this industry? And I guess uh, Josh, we could start with you. Yeah, uh, kind of an interesting path to cybersecurity. I guess studied information systems at BYU. Uh, in the program, it was it was pretty fun. I actually did not like the coding aspect. It, it was like. I enjoyed most of it. We had some fun with a lot of the different professors, but when it got to the coding class, I was like, I just have a lot of interest in this. So I went through that program uh, with kind of this, not like I had a distaste for it, but it's more like I'd rather do anything but code if I can. So finished my bachelor's, uh, started at at Adobe as an intern, got brought on full-time, but when I got brought on, I was doing procurement work because a role opened up in the Charlie team. yeah we're gonna Charlie he's at Databricks right now right I think so yeah yeah living in like 
Oklahoma or Arkansas or something. You moved to Arkansas? But but bought like a ton of land out there. Anyway. Huh. Tangent. Uh, So I did that for a little while. Uh, I felt like it was pretty good. It gave me a lot of insight into more of what things looked like within a data center because we were, I was really doing a lot of the purchasing for data centers and supporting that. I think my first role was actually like, I went through and clicked on the FedEx UPS links to make sure stuff was getting delivered. (laughs) (laughs) That was as an intern though. Like we don't want to give you too much of an important project. (laughs) You're three months into this. Let's see what you can do. And I just click and update it spreadsheets all day. I don't know where stuff was, but. I did that for a couple of years. I got really bored really that, fast. Huh. That's interesting that you would get bored with that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trying to it throw anybody so procurement under the bus, but I did get very bored doing it. So I went back and got my MBA in the middle of my MBA program, uh, Blake Entrican, who you've already had on the show. Yes. He and I had already known each other from the days of Omniture Adobe. Uh, he was in the group that saw Kenny inconspicuously it's like oh hey do you remember when we first met kenny this has been going on i'm like i'm wondering if they'll forget me (laughs) (laughs) so blake and i had been friends since then he had since been made manager uh of a team that led mostly like cybersecurity engagement with customers and i'd been asking him if i could jump over and join his team i was trying to figure out a way of getting back into security and more of the technical stuff uh so I actually interviewed with him once for a position. He passed on me and I was like, what are you doing? I thought we were good friends here. So I asked him for some feedback. He was like, you have no experience. And I said, well, that's fair, but how do I get experience if you're not going to give me a chance on this team? So we worked something out with my manager and with Blake where I was giving him 10% of my time each week. And I started doing all the stuff for his team. And then when a position opened up, then I jumped over and that's how I got into security. And then since then, it's been kind of a cool journey. Uh, I think that that role gave me a lot of appreciation and understanding for security as a whole and compliance because I worked with Kenny a lot over at, at Adobe asking for stuff. And then, yeah, I mean, to this point, I, I feel like it's kind of been just a cool kind of unique journey. A lot of like interesting customer conversations around security some more intense than others what are some of your like pretty intense ones that you can talk about like some of the cooler ones i mean we've had some really intense and and others that were just like interesting we met with fannie mae and freddie mac in person that was cool uh that was in indianapolis it was kind of like show up we talked to them for a little while Uh, i did one with rite aid that was an intense one I showed up and remembered thinking Rite Aid, Rite Aid's like corporate building felt like you'd expect a Rite Aid corporate building to feel. Like I felt like I walked into a pharmacy sort of. Really? Yeah, it was interesting, but it was cool. They were very uh, gracious. I met with their CISO and several others, other business stakeholders. I remember being super nervous because it was like my first first time meeting in person with a customer. It was just me and this guy from sales was trying to close a deal and I was the last thing standing between them and the contract. And so I walk in knowing that the sales guy's like leaning on me to make sure everything gets smoothed out and feel like my face super red when you're nervous. It's it's kind of that feel. And I'm like, I'm sure I'm sweating like crazy. (laughs) 
but the the CISO just like leans in like this and is just asking all these intense questions over the table and I'm trying to answer as many as I can. And some of them were really technical, but some of them weren't. Uh, so the more technical ones, I was just trying to defer to, well, maybe not defer. I, I was attempting to defer, but I just told him I'd get him more information later. So those were, that was like two of the, the really fun ones. A few over the phone that were interesting. Uh, a certain camera manufacturer in the United States. Mm. They were really hard to deal with. Mm. It was a certain individual on a call that I had with them that mm. started screaming and I was <laughs> like, uh, drop in this call. I want results. Our pet's heads are falling off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was really interesting. So I just said, I dropped from the call. The sales guy kind of called me and I was like, look, this is not professional. And I know you're trying to close this deal, but I'm not going to deal with someone that's going to sit there and scream at me. And then someone else from their side actually uh, reached out and apologized on behalf of the company. And then we worked things out with that, that individual in the room. We're on a call and then we signed the deal. So it was kind of fun. But those are, those are probably the bigger ones that I can remember. They're like, great, James. Now we have to sign the deal. Because <laughs> 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 otherwise, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was it was fun. And there were other really good ones that I got to work with. Like, I don't know, a lot of the bigger Bay Area companies seem like we talked to them often enough. What are some of the, like, their biggest concerns that you see? Like, if you have, you know, when you're doing these deals, what, what are some of the major ones that, you know, when you're, brokering deals right when cybersecurity is, is different now since aws right now it's not a nice to have it's a must have yeah. uh i think i mean it varies depending on the company and and like i mean when i'm on now in the role that i'm in now i have different concerns with how that that's viewed but back then a lot of them just wanted to know what does a SOC 2 look like great okay now that we have that then let's get into some of the, the bigger details. So depending on the product at Adobe, it varied. Some of them were more intense. Uh, I remember campaign being a big issue. And- oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder if they still have that one data center. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. That has no MFA. Like, yeah, probably. It's like a garage. Yeah, that, so they, they had a lot of issues, uh, or not concerns, or not issues, but concerns rather around what were we doing for data encryption uh, a few of them really, for whatever reason, got got hung up on like data loss prevention and what we had in place. I worked with you several times for that because we didn't have a good story over there at the time. Well, I I still don't know a good DLP solution. Yeah. Like, is there one? Like, I mean, it's kind of like with the amount of data, it's like going to the top of a hill on a windy day with a yeah. down feather pillow and just going... <laughs> <laughs> like... Yeah. <laughs> You know, it just, like, goes everywhere. It's true. I don't know a good DLP. It's lost. (laughs) Yeah. It's lost. Yeah. I I don't know. I I mean, we didn't have a good story when I was at Adobe. We put something together that most of them accepted and and that it was okay. But I I do remember a few that really wanted to know what availability was going to look like. They wanted to know if one in particular gave me a scenario where if... A, an asteroid hit planet Earth and took out the West Coast of the United States. Yep. How would they get access to their data? <laughs> well, how it happens. I mean, we send you my resume. <laughs> <laughs> it, 
the apocalypse is here, but I gotta know yeah. how my website is performing. Yeah, if US West if US West goes down, yeah, that's it, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah man. Yeah, it was. It, I mean, those are funny conversations to have, and often I would poke holes in their logic, and they didn't appreciate that. But usually, there was some like end user on the call that was like, "What are we even asking these questions for?" Yeah, thank. Yeah. I think that's really an important skill to have just in business in general is be and um and I think that 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 skill of like you know customers they ask for the craziest things. Yeah. They ask for things that I'm like what what why do you want that? Why do you want it to be worse? It's already so hard. Yeah. Right? Just you make it easier for yourself, right? So yeah. there are those this conversation that's an that's a great skill, right? So you're your side is really has been on, you know, the business of security, right? And like how important it is. And so you're talking like, what is the, what what are the strategic directions that we need to? Yep. What are our customers telling us? Yep. Because a lot of times in security, you know, you know, for the engineers, we want to build cool stuff, right? And we want to like handle all these things, you know. But a lot of times, security and actually roadmap, they're at odds. Right. I, I know that speci- I know that for myself now and I can testify because I'm building my own solution, building software and fortunately been fired from dev team, you know, but I'm still very much involved in the product at Paramify and uh, it's always priority. Right. Well, <laughs> it's always a, an issue of priority. So security is going to slow down depth. Yep. Right. And roadmap. And so how do you guys balance that? I, I would like to get your your take on that, Bryson, because yeah. you're coming from the let's you're one of the pretty uh, well-known engineers from a security perspective here in Utah. So <laughs> you totally are. Yeah, you totally are. So I want to get your take you on that. On your desk, I, yeah, I do. I do have a trophy. you and Scott Pag, man. Let's, That's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Is Scott still in <laughs> Scott? You're Scott's yeah, yeah. still in Utah. Yeah, yeah. Is he still Netflix, at Netflix? Yeah, Netflix. we're going to get Scott on here. Oh, that'd be great. Scott's brilliant. Isn't he great? Yeah. yeah, he's awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's that's always the battle is weighing because you could you could swing way too far to either side, right? Because you could make your product like totally impenetrable, but you're not going to have a product, right? Because like uh, you're spending so much time on just trying to prevent all the security issues that you're not actually moving forward the needle on the product. So I think it's always a balance where you have to sit down and weigh the risks of the things that you're trying to protect against versus the overall, you know, benefit to the company, right? Mm-hmm. And because because ultimately security's job is to mitigate risk to mm-hmm. the company uh, sure. across a large landscape, right? But uh, but also our job is to empower the business to make sure that the business is successful, right? Because that's our ultimate goal as well. You don't go into business for security, right? Right. And sorry, unless you're Primify. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, even still, like vendor, yeah, yeah. specifically, I'm playing it. <laughs> but I, I think that's why, and for for you guys, right? I think that's why early on, um, it's such a strong opportunity to build systems that just integrate security natively into the SDLC early on because if you don't do it at the early phases then that's when it becomes really painful right because if you can build in systems that just make the secure path the easiest one 
then all of your thing, you know, all of your code is already going to be be secure. Your processes will have that baked in from the beginning because it's really the going back and uprooting existing systems and fixing tech tech debt that becomes the really painful process, right? Like, what are some of those key areas, like when that you've seen in your experience where tech debt needs to be addressed? Like, so secrets in code is a big one. Typically, secrets in code, packages. So, so package vulnerabilities is a big one within the cloud. Just misconfigurations that lead to insecurities. Um, uh, basic core architecture decisions can have really significant impacts in the long run if security is not involved at the at the outset. Right? Like, um, sounds like you have some experience there. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, it's it's just a thing, and it's just a. A nature of the beast in in software is that like early on when software is being developed they're just trying to survive right and so they're not they're not thinking about security early on and so oftentimes the architecture decisions early on are not going to think about those and you're not going to have a security expert either who's a part of the business at that point and so you make decisions that later on you have to come back to and and either re-architect your your authentication or your your you know base architecture or whatever the case is to just include or fix those security issues and it's massively problematic right like um like if, if you're in a containerized environment and you just kick off the entire product with running your containers as root like that can be really painful to go back and take all of your microservices and fix that in all of it but if you just do that at, at the outset it's not a big deal right and then you solve major security problems so that uh, i love that example of the containers, that's great. Like, um, yeah, Keaton, you're gonna you had something. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, you're obviously very knowledgeable um, with all this stuff, and uh, we heard a little bit of uh, Josh's um, beginning into information security. So I'd love to hear um, about your start as well. Sure. Um, yeah. So went through the IS program as well at BYU. Um, honestly, I had an interesting path where I didn't know where I was going to go with my career. I actually almost ended up in film, uh, thought about going into mechanical engineering, and then had some friends who went to the the IS program as well. And I was like, oh, it kind of business is kind of interesting to me as well because I've always been interested in computers and technology ever since I was a little kid. So I was like, maybe I can meld those two interests, you know. Um, took IS-201, really enjoyed it. Um, the one with Excel? Yes. Yeah. My, my Excel. I tell class. people I majored in Excel. <laughs> my, I'm so good at it. In 201, I remember we did the VBA course, right? Yes. And I was sitting there while they were teaching VBA. And I actually, it was the day we learned loops in VBA. And I, and I built a, a text bombing application from Excel in VBA while we were in class because I just wanted like a thing I could, I don't know, prank my roommates or whatever. So I figured out how to write this like dumb little piece of VBA where you'd put in a, a phone number and the carrier and then you could push a button, choose the number of messages you wanted to send and what the text of it was and click and it just and just like blast. That'd be awesome to use. Like <laughs> we could still use that for like to counter like um the... The you know the people that spam you uh-huh. and just like hey maybe uh-huh. you could like strike back. I mean, there's like, TCPA laws yeah, yeah, yeah. things where <laughs> you might get in trouble, but uh, right, it was fight back. It was just early days Twilio. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's right. 
That's yeah, awesome. And I remember we like, I went home and my roommate was like, oh, try it on my phone. And it was like, a, it wasn't a dumb phone, but it was like not, a, I don't know, it was like an early Android. And we, we turned it on, his phone just crashes. <laughs> We're like, ah, whoops. Uh, but anyway, so I, I started doing that, really enjoyed it. Um, wasn't sure which area I wanted to go to and took Anthony Vance's intro to security class. And it was like my favorite class I ever took. It was so fascinating. Just like the wild west that was going on in was, security. Was this in the undergrad or the, cause you did the MISM. I, I did the MISM. Yeah. The master's program. And I, I, I can't remember if it was an intro class or not, but, but it, I, I took that class and then I decided to do my emphasis in security in the master's program because I was like, this is fascinating. I want to get more into it. So did that took, you know, the, the master's or the, the security emphasis track, which included like some forensics classes and basic stuff, you know, um, and then got an internship at Adobe. Uh, so I met you where exactly where we all met, uh, as a, as a security analyst, um, and just like started digging through logs. And frankly, I was like, there was so much I didn't know. It was, I, I was behind, uh, and, but I had some really good mentors and people there at Adobe like Ethan Dodge just like would sit down and teach me things that I was like I should have known at that point but I didn't and he would just be like all right we're gonna go whiteboard DNS and teach you how this works I'm like uh it was awesome it was really it was really great to have some patient mentors that helped with that um and then yeah I was I think I was an analyst there for like two years and then moved over to the onto the security engineering team helped manage their IDS uh Suricata and then um uh, yeah, I helped with the compliance dashboards. I don't know if you guys remember that, but um, some some Splunk uh, dashboards that helped us track like vulnerabilities and tickets across a whole bunch. Of By CCF reference, I remember it. That's right. Yeah, I'm, I remember. <laughs> I remember sitting with you. Need to do that. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, we actually built those into Paramify, so you don't have to. Oh, you'll nice. never have to do compliance this. dashboards. Yeah, yeah, it's all built in. It's nice. It's nice. Yeah, man. I, I remember what I was going to say about, you know, but I'm not going to even say it now. <laughs> I'm not going to even say it because it's, it's just too it's too long ago. Um, okay, man. So you said, um, yeah, Ethan. Ethan Dodge. Mm-hmm. I just actually talked to him. Oh, did you? Isn't that funny? That's weird. I haven't talked to him for years, but I just happened to talk to him. Yeah, yeah. He was, he was so helpful. Um, really, really helpful on that team. It's really cool. I think one thing that people can do if they're wanting to get into any kind of any kind of profession, but especially in security, is if you have a a company that champions security, kind of like Adobe did. They signed massive budget, right, to to Adobe, so they had a whole team, and that became a place where a lot of people that are now in leadership positions in a lot of great companies, you know, that that's where it came. Oh yeah. Uh, came from right so yeah yeah I mean, you look really the valley. really great looking for mentors yeah it's true it's very true <laughs> so now you're so josh now you have a pretty cool um position also uh you're what, what is it again what is the role for the the, the security group oh uh i'm on the board with slc so mm-hmm. which is so what does that do tell us about that it's basically just a uh a community i I worked on this not too long ago. A community of security leaders built and run by security leaders, I think was the tagline that we used. But basically it's 
a bunch of CISOs or senior security leaders at their respective companies. I think on the board right now we have seven of us. Uh, we get together weekly. The weekly meetings are like between 15 to 30 minutes on average, sometimes longer depending on what we discuss. But basically the focus is on getting security leaders together in Utah and just having that community so you can ask questions. How are you handling whatever situation at your company? Some of the companies are really big. I mean, you've got like, we got representation some, from some large ones in, in the Valley. And that, those are really fun to talk to. Others are like pretty small. Got a couple that are 50 employees maybe, and they're probably scratching the surface on uh, like $20 million in revenue. So relatively small startups but it's it's fun uh we do dinners usually once a month sometimes two or twice a month uh we're kind of branching out a little bit in that regard too i know you guys are looking to sponsor at some point yeah yeah yeah. uh but those are fun and then we do two events annually a big one in the spring usually that's like you and a plus one come and we bring in a guest speaker those are really fun events uh we've had two Speakers so far, we've held that event twice. The first one was Jason Chan. He came and talked. Yeah. Former CISO from Netflix. Really interesting guy. Chaos Monkey, right? Yes. Isn't that his? Yes. Oh, was it? I, I think so. Cool. Yeah. Think that was it. really cool. They, uh, his story at Netflix is just kind of amazing. Yeah. And some of the stuff he did and the budgets that he assigned to his teams were pretty cool. And then last year we had Jeff Collins from the FBI. He told some really cool he told one story in particular uh, that was really cool about cryptocurrencies and a theft. Uh, and anyway, that was fascinating. So we do that in the spring and then the fall we do one other. You attended the last one. It was, uh, we do the social, casino night social. No actual gambling took place, but but it was fun. It was, it was really fun. Good. Yeah, yeah. A good chance for people to rub shoulders. But we're also looking to give back. So we started... This last year, we've started doing scholarships at the local universities. So if someone's interested in studying cybersecurity, then they can apply. We give them, I don't know how much it is, but we work with them and give them scholarship money. And then we're looking to do other things to give back to the community too. Yeah. It's a fun, fun group for sure. So Bryson, um, or, or Josh, like this is to both of you. Hey, what are some of your favorite security fails that you've that you've known about that you're just like, oh my gosh, that's, it could be like the design of something, you know, it could be anything. You were talking about like, <laughs> it's so hard to build security. And at first, like when we were signing our first deals, we were like answering questions about authentication. I'm like, oh, we're going to get all of this right because the only people who can log in are me and Tyler. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, in fact, we can't even log in. <laughs> I, I I think this is funny because we've had conversations now at, two different companies and we've heard about it at other companies but it's basically like I'm essentially mocking where you you build in mocking to your platform or your tool so you can mock in as the customer themselves and do things but there's typically been no restraints there yeah and and that's been a kind of a funny funny one like a part of me wants to go back in time and ask the product teams like hey do you think this would be a bad thing down the road should we think about security first before we get into this too far? Oh, admin consoles? Yeah, yep. totally. Yep. No, we don't 
we don't do yeah. that, right? But we just, you have to provision us, yeah. right? Where you're logging in as the customer. Well, and it's like every single piece of software has something like that, that they built early on that just becomes the core of how people do support and, yeah. and development and everything. And then it just runs way out of control. Yeah. I think. And there's, there's way too many dependencies on it. I mean, e even like high profile breaches have involved tools like that. Like yeah. I think the Twilio breach had... Uh, last year, right? It was didn't call one of their their admin console and like the the you know I've heard it called many things, but mocking or proxy login or whatever you call it, right? Like um, just that account yeah. assumption. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's a tough problem. Yeah, tough problem unless you design it right. To your point in the very beginning. Yeah, I I think in general, the more I've been in security and then at different companies, the more I and I can preach this i'm preaching it to the choir now but the sooner any startup gets a security person or team in place the better off things are because it's a whole lot easier to get it in at the beginning than it is to go oh shoot we really screwed this up yeah it makes a lot of sense because in coding you're always refactoring anyways yeah. you're you're gonna just refactor i mean you're building stuff and even if you're you have all the intentions of doing things right you need to go through and clean things up it's just it's part, it's the life cycle, right? It's it's always improving. It's always iterating, making adjustments where where you need to make those adjustments. And if if you if you assign those responsibilities to the right people, they can own it and they can make those those solutions better and better. Finally, you know what's good for security, that's gonna be good for compliance. Yeah. And then from there you can you can do whatever you need to do. Uh, from a whether it's SOC two or ISO or FedRAMP or whatever it is, right? If you yeah. if you focus at the very beginning on the capability, nice. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to think of specific examples that don't uh, totally throw. Oh, the company under the bus. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard, man. It, it's a it's a it's a really hard okay. thing. Security I is. Right? I got examples, but I'm like, but I, I think a lot are just. It's not necessarily like a problem with a product or even the company itself, but uh, a while ago I had a conversation and someone was just talking about like, what, what do you think are the biggest risks to a company as a whole? And a lot of it, like my opinions more on the people side, like I think people are a pretty big risk and they, uh, I mean, that comes in the form of like an over overconfident engineer who does something that they shouldn't be doing. Using backdoors. And doesn't, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't tell anyone about it. <laughs> uh, or just like really naive individuals that get caught in something that they shouldn't have been caught in. But uh, that, I, that's where a lot of the fails I've experienced to this point. It's people. It's people right. and stuff that they've mm -hmm. fallen for, someone in accounting that clicked on something they shouldn't have uh, or tried to be a little overly aggressive and in proving to other people that they were worth worth a promotion a consideration or something <laughs> like that or I, I mean other times it's just been things that have happened and and someone's trying to move the business forward but doesn't really involve security compliance or legal before they do something that sure crosses some line so you, so you got to kind of pave the way make it easy for people to do the right thing yeah. a really good design is going to be like hey yeah like just use this is already solved and it's actually really easy to adopt yeah. Just, just point this here or just yeah. use this instead, right? 
I, I think excessive access is probably one of the most permissive ones, right? Mm -hmm. Just because like, or pervasive ones rather, because like everybody wants to help other people mm -hmm. and they want to just, oh yeah, you need access here. Let me give you the access you need so you can do all these things. And you know, everybody wants to be helpful in general and like, and then and that's good, but it can be problematic, right? Like I, I, I've seen entry level people given, you know, intern level individuals being given root level access on tens of thousands of servers, yeah. just like right out the gate. And it's like, I don't even know this person knows how to use this access and they could accidentally yeah. blow away yeah, all I mean, the fraud. You it, know, like, it undermines change management, right? At yeah. the end of that, right? It's access, change, monitoring, access, change, monitoring, so, access, change, monitoring. Yeah. Right. Well, this happened at, at Adobe. I don't know if you were here for this. Mm-hmm. Cause I don't remember what year you started, but 2012. Uh, I think it was a year before, and I think it's okay because it's been 10 years. No, no one hopefully remembers this incident, but we had someone, an intern, who was given permissions that were. That's why I got hired. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> do you remember what happened? Because I remember, yeah. I remember sitting at my desk, and then I just heard a ton of because I was in the technical operations group and that's where I was sitting and I just remember several of the directors and managers like like one guy I think threw something against the wall and then I was like what is going on and then found out later that this intern had been able to basically kill a database or drop drop all tables he dropped all tables and it took him like several hours to restore it and everyone was pissed off I talked to the intern like the next day he said as soon as he did it, he realized what he'd done and he went and threw up in the bathroom. Uh, that's yeah. a, it was not a not a fun time, but that's like a perfect example. Of, yeah, because this. Part of it is you've got to protect your people yeah. who, from their from own themselves. accidents. You yeah. know, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's just a really, really hard thing to get right. Um, in fact, yeah, all of these incidents are the reason why we're like, hey, we're going to take this seriously. So, you know, there's all sorts. That's, that was the beginning Honestly, uh, what, what became an amazing focus for security was all on the, the product side, just shipping DVDs. That's where all the security was. It wasn't operational. Yeah. And then it became so critical. Yep. You know, it's, it's just, you. it takes a lot of work and yeah. a lot of effort. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Man, what, what else, man? Uh, we've, we're pretty much at time, but uh, we can keep going. Because there is no time here. Actually, <laughs> I do time have something kind of construct. Kind of time. Exactly. We invented. I do have something coming up actually pretty soon. But yeah, if you had to pick uh, who's your favorite uh, fellowship character, Bryson. <laughs> yeah, and then your favorite fellowship character. I mean, it's got to be Aragorn all day. Like, yeah, it's one. Yeah, man. it's got to be Aragorn. No, Gimli. Gimli. <laughs> Dad's awesome. He's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't know we were going to get those in person. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Aragorn, man. I'm mean, Aragorn. My runner-up okay. is Samwise. Samwise. Oh, well, I mean, Sam's like... Yeah, because he's just gritty. Oh, yeah. Oh. Gritty. This is making me realize I have to go back and watch all of those. You do? I almost said, instead of Gimli, I almost said Orlando. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's... not. That's like, Keaton, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is, he's yeah. Pretty, he's pretty dang good. Too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think in 2024, though, we will change that question because it's it's kind of all coming to the same place, yeah. right? 
this view anyways well you guys thanks so much for being on the show it's a lot of fun uh we're excited to continue this conversation about security wherever we are thanks for being here guys nice job of course see you thank you oh there we go (laughs)